You're listening to Red Ladder Unwrapped. So morning, uh, morning, Boff. Good morning. Uh, here we are. I'm sitting in the Red Ladder office without a mask on, completely safe because there's nobody here to talk about Home Baked the Musical, which yeah. we're making in my hometown of Liverpool. Liverpool. Maybe this podcast should be called a Rodcast. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to call it the broadcast, but because I've been on furlough and I've been out of the office, uh, the decision was made to call it okay. something sensible, like the Red Ladder, I don't know, something around. Red Ladder podcast, probably. I just wanted to kind of, I just thought I'd disrupt the podcast. You started so smoothly. I thought I needed to kind of throw in a digression straight away. I, I was pretty professional, I have to say. You were. You really were. So anyway, we should stop... Um, burbling like a couple of old fellas uh, that we are yeah and home baked and home baked yeah 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 so home baked the musical is going to be at liverpool royal court in the autumn all being well that and uh, this ridiculous crazy country that we live in that uh, where we've just decided that we're going to lie down and let covid kick us in the teeth um all being well we'll be there um so we're, we're going to talk about the inspiration to the show and um what made us choose it and how, well, how it's, how it's happened, really. The inspiration to Home Bake the Musical. Well, essentially, the, isn't the inspiration that, that um, Chris, the Red Ladder producer, had, had got his way by having so many shows that were somehow about Leeds United and Leeds rugby and everything that you finally had got your way and put your foot down and said, we've got to do something about Liverpool. I have given so much of my life to this company, standing on the steps of the Leeds Town Hall in front of the TV and singing Marching On Together next to Warnock. <laughs> and I could feel, I could feel my ancestors looking down from heaven or looking up from hell and go, what are you doing, lad? What are you doing? Yeah, and shows about rugby league, which I have absolutely no understanding of whatsoever um but you know i did it with good grace so yeah one of the one of the lovely things about 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 working with red ladder is the fact that i think um um you know as opposed to to most theater companies i think the the idea of rooting uh theater in sport is such a good thing and i don't just mean like sport as in you know let's make things about sport, but actually attaching it to the culture of, of things like football and rugby and stuff. I think it's, yeah. it's fantastic. I can't believe more people don't do it. I, I, I agree with some reservation in that, uh, yeah. you know, whole truck at one time had quite a reputation for mostly doing plays about whole Kingston Rovers. Well, no, I don't know. That's an exaggeration, but there seems to be an awful lot of plays about rugby yeah. league coming out of whole truck. And I myself, as a theatre maker, used to think, "Well, is that all they? Is that all they do?" Um, yeah, so yeah. I, I'm a bit worried uh, that um, it sticks a little bit. That you just get a reputation for that, but it does work. I mean, the Damned United is really successful. Keeps coming out. I think there's even bookings next summer. Yeah, you know, we started right. that in 2016, and it's still yeah. going. You know, so yeah. It, well, I think more about it is telling people's stories, and I think that's where. Home Bakes the Musical chimes in with all those sports shows is it's telling real stories of real struggles of real working class people. I, I, I've always resist saying working class these days because it's been 
sort of um, a, a bone of contention about what that even means. But I think that's the thing about these sporting stories and this story, Homebaked, is it's about um, what you would call ordinary people. And again, that's quite a contentious phrase, isn't it? Yeah. Because um, the people in power are more than ordinary. They're not even extraordinary. <laughs> They're ridiculously mundane. Um, but yeah. uh, let's keep off that. <clears throat> So, yeah. I think I think now I think now more than ever I think the idea of of celebrating and championing, you know, working people, people whose lives are completely separate from those who's who govern us, is is great. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. No, because I, no, I was I was thinking I had a conversation with Mark Catley many many years ago where uh, I said uh, I said Do you know the uh, the first play I ever saw was was called Zigger Zagger, and it was about football hooligans. Yeah, and I remember it. Stuff like that. And Mark, Mark said, that was the first play I saw. He said it was the play that made me think, oh, I could do that. And I think yeah. that idea of telling stories about people that, that you kind of, you knew in real life is, is just a, yeah, it's a wonderful thing to be able to do. Homebaked yeah. is such a perfect story. Well, that, that's, I'll, I'll just quickly summarise what Homebaked is. First of all, mm. Homebaked is a bakery across the road from Anfield Football Ground. And I'd known about it, um, well, I never went into it when it was Mitchell's. It was just a, a local bakery. I'm not even sure if it was even open on a Saturday afternoon. I can't remember now. But I had been to Homebaked and read about it being, oh, it's run by the community. It's a community bakery. I was like, oh, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. And then I left it at that. I didn't really know anything about it. Um, but uh, I know that the pies are amazing. The pies are incredible. Um, but the fact that it's like it, it's just run by local people always fascinated me. And then I, I listened to the Anfield Rap podcast and they were interviewing a woman who's an artist, actually, who is part of the Homebaked project. And she was explaining the whole background to it, that basically a lot of the houses had been... Um, People had been evicted from the local houses and they'd been knocked down and new houses built in their place. And I just thought, oh, well, that's just, that's just what happens. But then she said, no, 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 no. They were trying to raise the value of houses in that area of Liverpool by knocking down the existing housing stock, kicking people out, and then selling the land off to developers who could then sell houses at a much higher price. So it's like really the darkest side of capitalism really in the middle of a tough part of Liverpool uh, and that this group of people who took over the bakery were trying their best to stop it and they managed to get the last terrace of houses next to the bakery and take them over and the idea was they were going to own them with a community land trust and then um, renovate them and, and then rent them out at the cheapest rents they could possibly go to. So the complete antithesis of what's happening in, in London and Hoxton and places like that, where the areas of working class areas are being gentrified, this was being totally saved by the people who live there, which is an amazing story, isn't it? I mean, that's... Mm. Yeah, it's brilliant. Just, it, it, just yeah. telling that story makes my heart beat. Um, yeah, and so, it's, it's the you know it's David and Goliath, isn't it? Yes, yeah. that every everybody yeah. loves a an underdog story where you know the, the no hoper comes out on top. And I just love uh, it yeah. that when we went over it's to lovely. interview them, when we went over to interview them, you said, "So, 
who's sort of like in charge. Yeah. <laughs> and they went, None of, no one's in charge. And I was like, that, that was brilliant for me because that reminded me of things, places like climate camp and things like that, which are run on anarchist sort of um, uh, anarchist terms. And the police storming us and saying, who's in charge? And we went, who's in charge? Nobody's in charge. We're anarchists. And the police just thought we were, you know, taking the mick. <laughs> And we were like, no, there's nobody in charge. And th they gave the same answer. And I just thought, I love this. This is just, this is anarchy, proper anarchy in action. And that was the way they described it. So they might do. Well, because well, one of the one of the lovely things is that they, I think if they'd just been fighting that battle as um, a community land trust, and it was just about saving the houses, that would be one thing. Or if it just been some people that thought, look, this is a brilliant bakery, let's try and use the bakery as a community hub, that would have been another thing. But the fact that it's got these two sides to it, uh, basically, you know, this incredibly um, um, complicated stuff to do with uh, purchase and land and, and rents and ownership and all that sort of thing. And then on the other hand, there's, there's pies, really good pies and bread <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. that, that, pe that people love on match days. And it's that, it's that, the bridge between those two that, that's where all the stories are it's great I love it and then the stories get better and better don't they because they're right across the road from this uh, Kenny Dalgleish stand and you say to Angie the manager and her son Luke so are you are you, you know would you would, would how would you feel about us making a musical about Home Baked and she goes Home Baked the musical sounds good that but you're not making it about them and I went, who? She <laughs> yeah. says, that lot over the road. I said, Liverpool Football Club. She says, you're not making it about them. I went, why not? They're just there. She said, yeah, but I'm an Evertonian. And Luke chimes up and so's I. And I'm like, it's right, lad. <laughs> it's brilliant. You're yeah. not making it about them. So we have to, you had the impossible, impossible task of making a musical about a bakery that's two minutes walk away from Liverpool Football Club and not mentioning <laughs> Liverpool Football Club. I love that. But there is a, there is a, I think that there's a thing in Liverpool which probably isn't in a lot of places where, even though they have these complete rivalry between the football teams, there's a real, um, there's a, a, a sense of community that, that stretches between both of them. They, they, it's, you know, a lot of places, I'm, think, I'm thinking places like Sheffield where different parts of the city support the different teams. Whereas in Liverpool, they're just all, they're, they're all over. They've just been interbreeding for, for 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 decades. Well, the teams are separated by you know four hundred meters of park. That's why. Yeah, but I also I met, I met the lad who organises fans supporting food banks at the home baked bakery. And well, lad, he's about fifty odd, and um, he uh, he's an Evertonian. And that fans supporting food banks initiative is a joint initiative between Liverpool fans and Everton fans. Right. And that's yeah. where I go now. That's what you're talking. United yeah. against poverty, United against food poverty. They forget yeah. the differences and the big differences. And there's a lot of bitterness at the moment. Somebody tweeted from Everton at the end of the season that what they hate about Liverpool is that we have footballing miracles season by season, week on week, like Alisson scoring the goal against West yeah. Brom. That kind of football miracles, yeah. we get that weekly and they don't get them ever <laughs> and yeah, I think yeah that's really i yeah. mean it's quite funny but um you know also there's a, a, a real bitterness between the two but when it comes to the the politics of the city 
the city's united. And I, I love that about Liverpool. I love that. Yeah. You know, the way the city is about Hillsborough has been, you know, a kind mm. of, it's been exemplary really. And, you, you know, the way that they were attacked by the media, yeah. by the sun, obviously, but by the government, yeah. by people like Boris Johnson. And it, it, it wasn't a football club that was taking the hit. It was the city. And it was the yeah. city that stood against it, which is which is great. Well, and and it's the only city in the country where you cannot buy a copy of that horrible newspaper, and and if you were yeah. to ask for it, you would get short shift. Um, you'd yeah. be thrown back on the train to Lime Street and get out of Liverpool. And uh, you know, and when the EDL tried to come to Liverpool, there was a massive. Yeah party of people waiting for them at Lime Street and they just uh, yeah. and, they, and they had a big speaker and they were playing that uh, music from Benny Hill and these big tough <laughs> idiots with St George's flags on their heads uh, just ran away basically um, and I love that it's and, beautiful and yes that, of course the film of the divvies. yeah the film the Go film on. of the, the Benny Hill theme being, being played yeah. from a big speaker and you know fascists being chased off is just it's just beautiful. That's because that's another well, thing that Liverpool's got. It's got it's got it's got a history of humour, and, and yeah. I think that's and as well as you know poetry and music and art and everything. And I think that that humour is uh, it's essential to a lot of the things that I've ever done with with Red Ladder. Anyway, so how, definitely. How do yeah. we tell how do we tell these incredibly big stories about about heavily political ideas? Um, and you just think humour's humour's the way to do it. It's absolutely so, so easy. Otherwise, you end up with polemic, and you end up um, telling the audience what to think. And uh, I went to see a show at the Royal Court this last Saturday called Ellen and Rigby, and you'd think, yeah. "Oh no, what a title!" It was brilliant. It was about you oh, know, was a, a lonely Excellent. couple. And a lonely couple, and, and and Drew Schofield played this old 80s, 90s musician who was a has-been and, and a, a misanthrope and didn't want to come out of his house and had to come out for his vaccination. And the woman across the road didn't, gave him the vaccination and she was in love with him and she moved into his flat. <laughs> And he couldn't Brilliant. get rid of her. So it was really yeah. funny, but it was really making a statement about connection, about COVID, about, you know, yeah. I just thought I love, I, and the audience loved it, you know, loved it. Yeah. And I loved the way, they're a bit like the City Varieties audience. There's a big group of women in front of me all, you know, and they were on the ale all afternoon. <laughs> loads yeah. and loads of pints being brought on trays to them. And there was a beautiful tender moment where the, the couple on stage were just about to kiss and then he bottled it. And one of them shouts, ah, oh, go ahead, lads, give it a kiss. And it's like a beautiful <laughs> tender moment. It, it could have been yeah. ruined, but everybody just lo- laughed and, and clapped, yeah. clapped the woman who shouted it, you know. And I go, that's what I that's want with Homebaked. I want them shouting yeah, out like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Because yeah, one of the lovely things about um, about doing plays like, like Homebaked is you're inviting the audience to to recognize themselves in it and you're inviting the audience to to feel like they're part of the story they're yeah. not they're not separate from it they're not looking at other people portraying a, an interesting story they they they're thinking yeah this is this is me that's real that's that's yeah. that's what happens the hope is that is that they'll see they'll go and see home baked and they'll they'll laugh and sing along and all that, and I really enjoy it. But then the week after, they'll, they'll actually go to home baked. Yes, it's like it, it's like looking at Google Earth at the top of a mountain and thinking, oh, that looks good. And then and then 
later you think, actually, it's probably better to be actually on top of the mountain. Well, I got a shock on Friday because Kev Fearon, the CEO at Royal Court, was sitting with us as we were looking at the white card model of the set, the first model of the set that the designer built for us. So we were looking at that and we were talking about the story. And he said, well, I didn't know about Homebait. And I went, right. you didn't know? He said, ah. no, he says, a lot of people don't even know about it. And he's a yeah, Liverpool yeah. fan as well. But it's so, yeah. you know, when you get to the ground, it's all crowds and police horses. And, you know, maybe the last thing on yeah. your mind is a yeah. pie, you know, and you, yeah, just, yeah. and you just walk past it. And he said, I didn't know the story. Yeah. I didn't even know about the bakery. And I was like, wow, well, right. there we go. It's a real Liverpool story that we have to tell, first of all, for Scousers, for Liverpoolians. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's a privilege, being able to to tell those stories to, to people who, would, you know, that you know that it's going to resonate with them. You know it's going to mean something to them. Because they're going to think, yeah, yeah, these are my people. It makes sense. Yeah. It's been quite a tough commission for you, though, because inevitably, because it's a real story and it's happening right now, there is a responsibility on you a little bit to tell it and to serve various sort of agendas, I suppose. Because yeah, the bakery. Absolutely. There's the bakery, yeah. and you're like run by Evertonians, so we've got to be careful there. And then there's the Community Land Trust, and they're saying that their story, and it is, is as important as the bakery, which is about saving housing and 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 good housing for people. But it's a bit of a dry subject. Yeah, and I think that thing of, of having to having to tell other people's stories, and it's a story that's still going on, and the people are there. I think that. I think that's always going to be a little bit difficult because I, I, re I remember many, many years ago when Alice uh, Alice Nutter first started writing plays and she was she did she wrote a play about the Bradford riots and she said I remember a writing it at the time talking about how how hard it was that she would she'd written this play and then she'd go to get somebody's version of events and it would be totally different to somebody else's version of events and <laughs> yeah. the, and the people and the people who were a part of the play were quibbling with each other about what was what what actually happened. And she felt, you know, that pull where you think, well, what, 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 which story am I telling here? And the, you know, the, the, the best answer I think for me has always been, look, this is a story. It's not, it's yeah. not journalism. It's not a documentary. We're not these characters in it. They're amalgamations of all sorts of different people. I hope that nobody just goes and thinks, oh, that's such and such person, and and they've tried to make them exactly as they are. Yeah, that's what's great about the people we're working with because we've kind of raised that with them, haven't we? We've said, look, this is a fiction yeah. based on yeah. your wonderful story. And yeah. it'll still be called Home Baked the Musical and it's still got a model, a set that looks like the bakery, but it's still a fiction. And they've totally accepted that, haven't they? Yeah. When Luke came along to the reading, that was, that because he was, he was like sitting next to me and Chris. And, and I remember thinking, actually, Luke is a yeah. I don't, how old is he? He's like in his mid twenties or something. Mid twenties, yeah, I think so. And he does the. But I remember thinking he's kind of the most important person in this room, really, because because everyone else can can kind of talk about whether the music works or whether the script works or whether you know talk about dramaturgy and and setting and all that. Whereas for Luke, it was like, does is is this telling your story in a way that you you find acceptable? And so when at the end of that that read through. He said he loved it. I just thought, yes, we're all right. We, it's getting yeah. somewhere. This is this is going to work. It's fine. Luke likes yeah. it. That's fine. And actually, to be fair to the Royal Court, they really know their audience. And when Ian, their marketing man, said, "Oh, this is this is our audience going to love this," I just thought, wow. I mean, they know their yeah. audience really well. 
I mean, yeah. It, 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 I, 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 I really sat and watched that audience on Saturday afternoon because that's why I went more than anything. And yeah. it's yeah. really funny because the women are really vocal and the men just sit there with their arms folded and and and, and take another swig of their pint. Um, but nobody was getting up to go to the toilet. <laughs> and there was some pretty oh, really? serious, quite, yeah, there was some quite, I was, I was the only, I got up at 50, 50 minutes, the classic 50 minute wee. Yeah. yeah. Um, I got up and went to the toilet, but nobody else had before then. I felt a bit embarrassed really. Um, but you know, <laughs> the only theatre director in yeah. the audience probably. Yeah. And I, I, just, I couldn't bear it. I had to go to the toilet. Yeah. We, we, we got warned about that didn't we about the you know if if this basically if the play starts dragging if it gets too kind of poor faced and for for long periods of time then then people just start going to the toilet which is which is do you know if you're gonna get you know if a writer is given a a note it's like don't with a play like this in a place like the royal court don't don't put scenes in where people go to the toilet that's your main note (laughs) I, i love that i think that's brilliant you know, when we were in... I thought you meant write, write a scene where people go to the toilet. <laughs> well, that'd be good. Yeah. Yeah, oh, look, this is you, this is. It happens with bands, you know, you go and see a band. And uh, obviously we had this for many years where we'd think about this, where, you know, the band is playing, it's going, hey, we're going to play all our greatest hits. And, oh, here's one of our new album. It's a, it's a jazz odyssey and it's seven minutes long and it, half the audience disappears to the toilet. <laughs> I remember, I, remember, I remember my mate Simon telling us that he went to see a, sorry, I'm totally digressing here. He went to see a Led Zeppelin tribute band uh, in Ilkley and uh, they, they did the whole set of, you know, fantastic. You know, they said they were just like Led Zeppelin. They were brilliant. And then they came back, they got an encore and they came back on and said, thanks, that's brilliant. We're going to play a few of our songs now. <laughs> and everybody left. I bet. Anyway, back to home baked. No, that's hilarious. That's true, and it's. I think that's why that audience. We have to really serve up something that they are kind of used to without being patronising, but also something which engages them and interests them as well, because they're not idiots. So that's you know that's the other thing is we're not there to to dumb down our work. Yeah, yeah. If anything, I think the challenge for you as a writer has been. Uh, great because you've got real stories that people want you to tell yeah. but some of them are quite dry so yeah. you as a, a writer have had to be really skillful and it's in the music for me it's always in the music what how would you describe the musical style of how make the musical um what what i what i like to do is um i don't i can't kind of sit down and go through a script and think oh what kind of music would fit this song what kind of music would fit this song i think what is the overall sound that's that's gonna? So, like for instance, with uh, Mother Courage, it was like you know this sounds to me like it's gonna be like accordion and cello to give it that kind of that that weary trap, you know, um, old feel of of traipsing through battlefields. You know, you don't want a, a shiny pop group playing music for that kind of thing. So with this, with Home Baked, I, th- I was kind of thinking of different ideas and. Um, and then I just thought, do you know what? What Liverpool is, is good at is, is pop music, is guitar pop music. So I went, to, I listened to loads of stuff, which I kind of already knew, but I listened to how songs were constructed in terms of like, you know, everything, obviously the Beatles, but like more modern stuff, for, you know, Teardrop Explodes and, um, and the Lars and uh, um, it was the uh, Coral. 
you know, like brilliant yeah. modern Liverpool pop music. And I thought this would be great if this Not story that modern, could be. Actually. <laughs> well, no, exactly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, is... yeah modern. But yeah, for me. definitely. The, the Liverpool music scene has a sound, definitely. Yeah, yeah. and it's kind of yeah. you know jangly guitar pop. And I thought if we can capture that with with you know telling this story about about this this city, I think it'd be brilliant. So that's kind of what it's gone yeah. for. And I, I hope it, I hope it I, turns I, I out. I think like it's that. I think it's perfect the music in that way. I think what was great again to talk about this play last Saturday, which was quite a serious comedy, but you know it had serious moments. Yeah, the audience could not wait to get on their feet and dance. Oh really? Uh, and so at the end, at the wow. end, they put a piece of music on, and, and the two lovers got together. Sorry, I've spoiled the play. If anybody's bought tickets for it anyway, oh. and. <laughs> uh, the, the women in front of me, this big party of women, just are on their feet dancing and clapping. Yeah. So everybody else got up. It's all, you know, sometimes you yeah. go to the theatre and there's a standing ovation because six people give it a standing ovation and everyone else is yeah. too embarrassed to stand up. Yeah. If they stand up at the Royal Court, everyone's on their feet. And yeah, you go, brilliant. oh, this is brilliant. What an energy. Yeah. And I think I yeah. think your music is going to do that. I feel fairly confident about that. I hope so anyway. Well, can, can, we, can we talk a little bit about... Um, which obviously we've done before in different contexts, but can we talk about John McGrath and a good night out just for a second? Is that yes, I think without... we definitely can talk about John McGrath and a good night. He used to be the artistic director of Liverpool Everyman after all. He did. When and I he, was a kid. And his story in, in that book, which which I've, I think I've read about four times now, is that um, he came to Liverpool and was given that job of being the, whatever, the director what was it? Liverpool Everyman. And it, and it was the, it was in the Liverpool 1960s. Yeah. And he said he, he walked, he walked, he, because they were, they were struggling. The theatre was really struggling at that point. So he was given this job as this new kind of up and coming Scottish director. And he, he went to Liverpool and there were, there were like the, the Liverpool poets, you know, Roger McGough and Adrian Henry and Brian Patton, all that sort of thing. There was the Liverpool pop music, which was just going crazy. There was this, all this Liverpool humour, all the great comics from Liverpool. And, and, and he, he heard all this in the streets and then he went into the theatre and there was none of it in the theatre. And it was dry and people yeah. were doing those plays which you're meant to do in the theatre. And he thought, this is ridiculous. This this city is full of culture, modern popular culture. Let's bring it into the theatre. And that was that's basically what what that was his his kind of life's work was to retell that story again and again. And I love that. I just think I just think if you if you walk out of a theatre and you feel that the play was was relates to the stuff that's going on as soon as you walk outside, whether it's the poetry or the music or the the stories, then then that's brilliant. That's what that's I think that's a really brilliant thing that theatre can do. I got into theatre because of that theatre because I went to an all boys school in Liverpool where there was no drama, there was yeah. no real arts. I mean, obviously, I did English history and geography a level it was the most arty things i could do in that school yeah. everybody else did physics and engineering and all that kind of stuff yeah and uh, and so if it wasn't for the youth theater at john mcgrath's everyman i would never have got into theater at all you know and yeah uh, and and it and it was falling down then it was really amazing tumble down theater it had real character I'm not sure if I like the character of it. It's a bit corporate now. I mean, some people howl with, uh, uh, with horror at me saying that because it's mm. been done up, I suppose, quite beautifully, but it's very corporate now. Mm. And then it was a mucky old hole. It was yeah. great for kids. I felt safe walking in there as a kid from Egbeth. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure if I would feel quite as well. Well, I, I, I've got to be careful what I say, but yeah, it was. it felt welcoming then in the sort of early 70s when I was a kid. 
Yeah. And and and, and, you, and I remember once I missed the bus for rehearsal and I was going to get really bollocked for being late because I was always late for rehearsal. So I got a taxi, which is unheard of. Yeah. And, I, and I jumped into the taxi and I said, uh, pull every man. And he goes, what are you going to see, lad? And I said, oh, I, I'm, I'm in a rehearsal. You're in a show, boss. And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, I was in there last week. And I thought, a Liverpool taxi driver saying to me, I was in there last week. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, that's, I think that's the history of John McGrath coming into our work, which is, yeah, you know, a good night, a really good night out, which then also provokes a conversation because, um, you know, I want to ally the Home Make the Musical to the, the, the um, Right for Food campaign, which Ian Byrne, the MP, uh, Liverpool MP is is setting off. I, I kind of emailed everybody at the Royal Court and said, I want to ally this show to it. And I haven't had anything back yet. Right. Maybe they're not ready for us to be, you know, a bit tub thumping like that. But I think, yeah, you know, when we did We're Not Going Back, we had a bucket um, passed around, didn't we? That was partly yeah. for Red Ladder because we'd lost our funding then, but also for the All Grieve Truth and Justice, Justice campaign. Yeah. And people were shoving tenors into that, that bucket. Yeah. And I think, it would be good to have a bucket for Ian Burns' campaign as well, the right to food. But I won't <clears> – <throat> I've said that now on a podcast, so I don't want to twist anybody's arm, but I've said it, so here we go. <laughs> Rod said it and it will happen. At least at least I've said it. I've, I've mentioned the campaign on the podcast, so that's given that a little bit of traction, maybe. But yeah. it'd be great if we could spend, yeah. have collections for it or just flag it up in the programme or something, you know, because yeah, yeah. fighting food poverty is, is the next, and housing, obviously, but food poverty is the next problem because post-Brexit, there's people talking about, people in Liverpool talking about Morrison's shelves being empty of fruit and empty of... yeah meat and stuff like that yeah and that's, that's happening here where I live. it's gotta yeah. be and it, and it's it's i think that the uh one of the things about um brexit the post-brexit britain is that the, the the division between you know between people is so it's just becoming so people are so entrenched and the whole mask thing yeah. is doing the same thing and and the hope is that i mean because I've, I've been to Liverpool a couple of times recently because my me, me daughter's going to go to university there. So I've just been walking around thinking... He's right. This, yeah, this, there's a, such a, a gap between rich and poor now. And it's it's stuff like Homebaked. Yeah. I, don't, I don't mean the, the musical Homebaked. I mean, it's stuff like people creating a, you know, housing scheme that's going to have a crash and, you know, uh, you know all, all sorts of different facilities in that one. It's like, this is the... Th stuff that's going to bring communities together this is this is the stuff that works what well, what i love about it is that there's an attitude there's an attitude in liverpool really since jeffrey howe said there's got to be a managed decline of that city yeah. there's an attitude not so much of uh, not so much of this we're scouse not english but more we don't need westminster yeah. we can just we'll get on and do things ourselves and we're not going to wait for you know that. I mean, Andy Burnham um, is mayor of Manchester, and I think he mm. and Steve Rotherham, who's the, uh, I think they are trying to push the agenda that the North can survive without those yeah. bureaucrats down in London. And I'm, yeah, uh, you know, I hope the new mayor of Liverpool will do the same. Who's a black woman, which is brilliant. And um, what's happening with the, the, you know, this kind of government takeover of Liverpool in terms of taking over the. The service it's all gone very quiet. I don't really know. It has. I don't really know what's happened there. Ah. 
because because when that was started happening, I wondered whether that was going to affect, you know, the 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 play and what we talk about and whether that should be addressed or not. But then I haven't heard anything about it for months. So. No, yeah, it seems to have gone very, very quiet, hasn't it, all that? I think there's a. it's really funny, isn't it? Because there is that kind of we don't need Westminster amongst the people who live there, but the politicians in their local government <laughs> seem to be getting in a fair bit of stick. I mean, I've seen a few shows at Royal Court where, where there's somebody dressed with a bald wig as Joe, Joe Anderson. Oh, yeah. And yeah. the audience love taking the piss out of it, don't they? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, <laughs> but it is an island. It is an oasis for 14 Labour MPs, whatever we think of Labour at the moment. I mean, I would yeah. imagine all 14 are on the next list to be booted out. Uh, I read today that Ken Loach has been expelled. Um, oh, really, has he? So anybody who might oh, be in funny. any way left-wing, Starmer is going to boot him out, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that about Ken Loach. I've left That's... before they could boot me out. Yeah. Well, Ken Loach left once, didn't he, after the Tony Blair and the Iraq thing. But then he, he went back. Yeah, he rejoined with Corbyn, didn't he? Yeah. He rejoined with Corbyn, I think. Yeah. It's sad, isn't it? I mean, one of the one of the, the things about about, you know, Red Ladder and writing plays and music and everything is that is that I'm really I feel really positive that 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 whilst politics, especially Westminster politics of all kinds, is is dragging everybody back and ignoring what's happening. Whilst that's happening, culture is still moving forward. You know, we saw it with the football team, with England and everything. The culture, football, sport, music, art, literature, it's still moving forward. It's still progressing. And eventually, politics will have to catch up. I loved it that Tyrone Mings sent that tweet to Pretty Patel. Uh, she said, it's coming home, and he's like... Yeah, you don't get the right <laughs> to say I don't, that. I don't remember what he tweeted. Yeah. Yeah, it's, oh... I mean, what that whole it's coming home thing winds me up because when Badil and Skinner made that, they were taking the mickey because England were so not bringing it home at that time. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And, and and unfortunately, it's been appropriated by the jingoists and the nationalists and, and all those. It's a significant minority. Everyone goes on about England fans. Oh, it's only a minority. It's a very loud minority who mm. booing the knee and singing those horrible songs and writing graffiti about no surrender to the IRA and all that horrible stuff that's EDL stuff basically but the but the reaction to it has been has been amazing you know yeah. that thing Marcus Rashford's you know mural in Manchester it yeah. just makes you think look we've moved on in in the time I've been yes. been around I've seen culture moving on and and I've seen I've seen politics playing catch up with things you know like the fact that you know David Cameron was the person who had to bring in uh the the law uh, legalizing gay marriage, and you think, wow, we've come a long way when you know from from Stonewall and from from riots and and all that sort of stuff and gay pride, we've come a long way. People have fought for it and they've won. And in the end, politics in the end goes, all right, yeah. In fact, you know the thing about home baked was that it felt it feels like with the story of it that had you know it's just a bakery on on the corner of a one terrace. And had people been quiet about it, that just would have disappeared. And and the fact that these people stuck to the guns and fought for it and created something huge meant that the football ground next to it and the Liverpool Council and all the you know people in the planning department suddenly had to go, oh, actually, public opinion is really, really, you know, the community are loving this bakery. It's really popular now. It's getting loads of press. We've, we've got to go with it. 
they couldn't secretly just shut it down and, and get away with it. No, I mean, it's become one of the things that they're championing now, the yeah. city council, and they stood. And and it's, and it's home-baked people were saying, oh, we, we get on all right with the council now. Yeah. What yeah. I really love about, about Angie and the rest of them at, at the bakery is when we first went there, they were like, you know, lads, loads of people have been here, TV, photographers, you know, we just want to make, just, you know, in other words, <laughs> we don't want to be famous. Yeah. We just want to do what we've got to do. Yeah. What Angie wants is that the moment the actual pies are made in a unit out in Bootle and he wa she wants to be able to find a unit in Anfield so the pies yeah. can be made there. So that That's right. everything, all the employment is for those few streets in that, in L4. And, and, and the only reason they took us on was because they looked at the Red Ladder website and went, oh, these are sound. These are all right. These, yeah. these, um, you know, are on our side. Whereas other people, I mean, you know, they've, they've been on a British Bake Off and all, I don't know, all kinds of things like that, but it mm. hasn't gone to their heads. Yeah, yeah. And that's, again, it's a generalization, but it's what I think is typically Scouse. We don't like big heads. We don't yeah, like people yeah. who go, I'm the big I am. You yeah. know, I was listening to a podcast this morning about Paul Ince <laughs> coming into Liverpool and now he was given short shrift from Gerard Houllier because he was trying to be the big I am, I'm Paul Ince. And he was like, no, yeah. lad, you don't talk like that here. And that's what they're like in the bakery. They are, no, yeah, we just, you know, they're hard to get hold of sometimes because they're so busy. And during COVID, they were doing food parcels. Yeah. And they were really looking yeah. after the community, you know. They should market a humble pie, shouldn't they? <laughs> yes. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That should have been one of the songs in the uh, musical. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, totally. but weren't you saying totally. that, that, that Angie, when we went, that Angie was basically saying that, uh, in fact, when you first went, before I went there, that Angie was saying that they, uh, they kind of get requests all the time from people wanting, you know, wanting to get involved and wanting to help out and wanting to, and they kind of have to just ignore it all to, you know, to just kind of get on. Yeah. You know, and they, they have like, um, you know, uh, companies and stuff that, that do stuff to do with planning who come along and suggest things and say, oh, we want to be part of your, your fantastic, you know, uh, thing that you've created here. We can, can we be part of it? And the home baked people are going, no, actually, we're fine. We're doing fine without you. And so it meant that, that when they that, said, that's the polite way of, that's the polite way of saying what they say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's the polite version yeah. of what they say. <laughs> but so, so when they, when they said it was, it, they were into Red Ladder doing home baked the musical. Then it's kind of an honour, really. You think, oh, this is great. They they obviously really believe that we can do something that's that's not going to undermine anything that they're doing. That's going to celebrate it. In it's fact. totally, it's totally an honour. I mean, for me, I've never made a piece of work in Liverpool. I mean, we did Sex and Docks and Rock and Roll, which was our Scouse musical a few years back. Mm. Yeah, it's ten years ago now. But um, but I've never made a piece of theatre in Liverpool uh, since I left, and I left. Yeah. A long time ago so i'm really buzzing about it but it's a massive honor yeah but also it's 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 also a thumbs up to us red ladder that we've found yet again a really good working class story and the royal court have gone that's a royal court show we'll have that. yeah you know they would never have they would probably not have uh co-produced with us with uh, anything else probably but the fact that we were there we got in there with this story um, it's yeah. fortuitous, but it's also, I think it's a sign of the kind of work that we make and how we make our work because mm. the show started with me being approached by Leeds University and Bristol University to do a piece of work to help them with research into poverty. And I started researching poverty in 
Scotland and Leeds. Leeds. Um, I, I don't know why there was a connection there, but there was a connection between, um, well, Cora Bissett, the Scottish artist. Uh, I, I met her at the Fringe and I thought she was brilliant. And we started talking about the potential of linking our work across the border and looking at poverty in austerity Britain and it just didn't happen and then and and Cora got involved in a massive film and she was just was too busy so we knocked it on the head and then I heard the podcast with Jane Lawless on 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 theatre on um, Yanfield rap and I went oh there we go there's the story but it's not a I'm, we mentioned Ken Loach before, but I mean, a lot of his films are fairly grim, aren't they? I mean, I, Daniel Blake, you bawl your eyes out. But I'm not sure if you feel great after it. And I want us to show poverty, but people fighting back. And then it's an example to other people, not just Scousers, but, you know, I have. A, I would love this show to go to the West End, you know, and, and for people in the West End who are paying big prices to see it and go, oh, right, so the North isn't all grim. It People aren't just, yeah. you know, victims. Yeah. They are fighters. And yeah. I love that. Yeah, I agree. I think that's that's really good. And I think there's, there's a lovely tradition of... Um, of you know, you, you, Billy Elliot's and um, what's the what's the uh, the steel one? Made in Sheffield. Dagenham. Yeah, yeah, Made in Dagenham. Made in Dagenham. What's what's the what's yeah. the Sheffield one? You know, with the uh, oh, Full Monty. Oh, um, yeah, the Full Monty. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. They're, they're all yeah. kind of underdog stories, and and you know, and they're great stories. They're brilliant and they're really beautifully done, and uh, and people love those kind of things. Um, but when they're real, when it's a real story, when it's a true story about something that's actually happening now. It's it's so much more powerful, rather than it being. Yeah. You know, I, I went to um, I was in uh, in uh, in the United States visiting Casey's uh, family, and we we I, we watched the film Pride. Do you, do you know that film about the uh, the yeah. uh, during the miners' strike? And all these people, we were all in this room full of people, and everybody absolutely loved it. All these American people, they love those stories of you know this setting in the kind of British working class culture. But to find out what the, the big question at the end of it was, well, that was, you know, fantastic. What a, what a great film and so uplifting. And how much of it is true? And I'd say, which it's absolutely yeah. true. It's all, it's all real. It's all based yeah. on real people. And they're like, wow, that's fantastic. So after the Royal Court, we've got, we've got the West End, then we've got Broadway, <laughs> yeah. and then it's home baked the musical at Sydney Opera House. Yeah. Because there's loads of Sasscousers in Australia. Yeah. Come, Ed. Can't we do that thing where we have a, a different company in every, every, on every country doing their own <laughs> version of it? Absolutely. That's, 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 that's what will happen eventually, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it'll be franchised. It yeah. We're, 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 and, and we can both retire as millionaires, which is not an... I mean, I was joking. Yeah. <laughs> Hombit <laughs> can set up a you know a huge pie factory right in the centre of Liverpool. It's yeah, Bill Kenwright, yeah. we're coming for you, you blue nose. Um, look, at, uh, it's forty-four minutes we've done. Wow. We've, to- we've we've jabbered for forty-four minutes, and we said we'd yeah. do forty-five. So um, I'm going yeah, to formally stop. kind of wind this wind us down. Any okay. references that we've made in the podcast that you've that you listener have found. Um, uh, offensive or whatever, we make no apologies whatsoever. <laughs> um, and uh, we didn't swear, did we? I don't think we swore once. No, I we could didn't. have said what they said to the developers. But no, 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 it's good. It's good not to, yeah. to swear. No, it, you don't. Yeah, it's in, inarticulate to swear. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> brilliant. Thank you, Boff. 
Yeah, thank you, Rod. Yeah, I hope that's made a bit of sense to people about Home Baked the Musical. And it's on from September the 23rd to October the 24th in Liverpool. It's only a short train drive. Um, you can kip on my floor in Lark Lane if you if you come in busloads of you and you can't get back to Leeds. So, um, yeah. And then, yeah, watch this space. We're going to take over the world with Home Baked the Musical. Thanks, Boff. Thanks, Rod. Or Rodders, as you know you like to be called. Thank you.